Welcome back to Quantum Conversations. My name is Sarah, and I'm so excited to bring you another episode with my co-host, Carrie Bennett. We are really enjoying giving you this show and talking about these topics that seem really complex so that we can help them be a little bit more understandable to the everyday person. I just wanted to remind you to head down into the show notes to make sure you get my free resources and Carrie's free resources. We've both spent a lot of time compiling our favorite list of products, as well as how you can actually implement a lot of these things into your daily life for free using our guides. We also both have amazing courses that you have access to in the show notes as well. And we co-host a course together called Quantum Fertility. We've actually had some quantum fertility babies just born this summer, and we have several quantum fertility pregnancies going on right now where women were told that they were not going to get pregnant and we have been able to show them the way using these circadian principles and quantum biology and we're so grateful for this so make sure you head down to the show notes check out those resources check out those courses and if you are enjoying the show if you're watching on youtube make sure to subscribe to our channel hit the like button leave us a comment and if you're listening on the podcast app please head on over to apple or spotify leave us up to a five-star review since we are such a brand new show we want to make sure that we're getting this message out to as many people as possible again we want to make these concepts of quantum biology and circadian biology understandable and applicable to the everyday person. We want you to pull up a chair, come hang out and enjoy this conversation with me and Carrie and have a fantastic day. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Quantum Conversations. Today, Carrie and I are going to talk about histamine. <laughs> I know this is such a kind of a random one, I think for people to hear us say, because it's I don't think people recognize it's, is it, is it quantum? Is it not quantum? Like, right. But it's common is what I'm going to say. So common. Yeah. So common. And it's one that I think I have seen more and more over the course of the past really five, seven years. And mm -hmm. I, and even more so in the past couple of years. And I was going to say that the last, since 2020, it's been yeah. exploding. And I, it's our proximity to non-native EMFs and blue light. Well, I mean, I'd love to give my, like what my theoretical basis is at some point. Cause, and guess what people don't ask me for a research article. Cause no one's researching this type of no, stuff. No, they're I'll not. I'll give you my <laughs> mechanism behind what I'm seeing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Carrie and I both work with and talk to so many people. I think that's the value in this podcast and kind of our point of view is that literally I talk to hundreds of people daily. Um, I'm on my phone way too much. <laughs> <laughs> in my DMs and I have a private community and Carrie has a private Thanks, community yeah. as well. And so I'm constantly interacting with my community as well as my community on Instagram and YouTube. And the histamine issue is huge right now. Right. And it's, I know you're seeing the same thing, Carrie, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I'm, I'm not saying that histamine isn't a thing, but like what I see typically now is a very similar, I'll call it a phenotype, like a, a profile, right? Mm -hmm. Someone mm -hmm. who has very much has histamine, um, like a uh, histamine based symptoms, symptoms that really look like they're histamine driven and they very well can be, but these are also individuals who have potentially had a diagnosis of 
POTS and Lyme disease and multiple mm-hmm. chemical sensitivity and fibromyalgia. And like, there's a constellation of symptoms that all kind of people get these different diagnoses. And it's it seemingly like, well, what, like, what's the underlying thread? Why? What's mm-hmm. going on? And I've started to unravel. And I, I think, I think where I really started to get excited was about 10 months ago, I revisited the work of Dr. Batmangalaj, who mm-hmm. I learned about from Dr. Pollock. So okay. for those of you who recognize the name Dr. Pollock, he's the one who talks about easy water and the fourth phase of water. But in um, some of his like lectures from maybe a decade ago, he referred to an Iranian physician named Dr. Batmangalaj who talked about water and how he actually cured thousands and thousands of disease conditions by simply increasing the water and mineral, like the minerals and water consumption of people. And um, it wasn't anything fancy, like let's do an HTMA test and let's, it was let's, you need salt in this capacity. You need way more water and the amazing things that he, he had changed. And I started to look at, well, what was he really quote unquote good at optimizing with more hydration? Well, it was asthma and allergies and digestive complaints, digestive pain, mm. which that's a big histamine one, right? Yeah, you know, the digestive huge. issues, the, the brain, issues. brain foggy, the migraines. So I was just like, wait a second, what is the mechanism of action? He discovered that when the body is chronically, but unintentionally dehydrated, people think they're drinking enough water. So he called it chronic unintentional dehydration that the one of the pathways that the body upregulates is histamine. Histamine mm-hmm. is what he called a drought management system in the body. And so I, once I found that, instead of automatically just let's attack the histamine and let's worry about your triggers and you know, let's let's go on a low histamine diet, those sorts of things, it was, are these clients even truly hydrated? Mm-hmm. And once I started working on that, and I can go into the different pathways that actually the histamine drives autoimmunity and tissue destruction, and it's fascinating, but I've been getting such interesting, amazing feedback from clients as in terms of like, wow, I thought I was drinking enough water, but clearly I wasn't. I thought Mm -hmm. my minerals were balanced, but clearly doing this additional strategy really mattered because that in and of itself is really starting to reduce some symptoms drastically, as opposed to like, listen, this is my common thread. This is carry 2.0. It's like, yes, I used to kind of work on symptoms based Mm -hmm. on uh, like supporting symptoms based on more of a quantum health perspective and a mitochondrial support perspective. I, I track symptoms as a means of helping clients assess progress. I tend your terrain. I treat your terrain. I support your terrain. And what, and part of the terrain, part of the terrain is the physical environment of the body and the environment that surrounds the body. Meaning that if your physical body is dehydrated, I'm going to guarantee you, you're going to be more predisposed to allergens and histamine and inflammation. Yep. 110%, 110%. And that's like you said, I think a lot of people have this low lying dehydration. They don't even realize it because What's one of the biggest things that's dehydrating to us that we're around all the time? This ding, friend. Non-native EMFs. And what are we exactly. wearing in our ears and on our wrist? And, you know, laptop. right? Just laptop. Our, our cars are full of Bluetooth now and yeah. Wi-Fi. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, workstations, everything in our workstations is wireless these days. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it really is understandable how 
he, Dr. Batmangalich found this out in the mid seventies that his clients were dehydrated. Can you imagine what it's like now that we know that non-native EMFs massively diminish, not only that beautiful exclusion zone water inside of us, but also impair the mitochondria's ability to make, to make the water, water right? Yeah. That intracellular yeah. water. Exactly. Yeah. So let's break that down a little bit for people because they, they're like, how does the non-native EMF dehydrate you? So there's research out of Dr. Pollock's lab, and I know you and I have both talked to him that basically you know shows that when you're that water is exposed to Wi-Fi, that we lose 15 to 20 percent of that hydration. And so mm-hmm. that's one mechanism. And then you also mentioned mitochondria. So it impairs, you know, we make water at step four, correct? Mm-hmm. And it impairs that ability of the mitochondria to actually make that deuterium depleted water that our bodies need to charge our body's energy battery. So yeah, that's get exactly. that right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a really great review of that. It, that's yeah. absolutely right. And what part of what happens with those mitochondria, it's twofold because, um, unopposed blue light, which mm. is from all of our screens and bulbs, it actually, um, it really impairs, it inhibits would be the good word, that step four that makes water. Mm -hmm. And so how do we reactivate the water process there? Well, we need red and infrared photons, specifically red and near infrared, which is sunlight, right? Which is what we would get in nature, which is what we would have had access to with even incandescent bulbs. And that's not there anymore. And so, um, and so it's understandable then if we are, are always around this unopposed artificial blue light, that water production is impaired. And then you combine that with the fact that mitochondria, when exposed, a cell, let's put it this way, when exposed to non-native EMFs really starts to, to, um, decrease its charge, its net yes. negative charge because calcium, lots of calcium yep. can flood into the cell. And so mitochondria kind of go into a danger mode, if you will, by saying like, row, this is no good for our health. And so the mitochondria start to try to sequester the calcium, but in the process of doing that, they impair their operations. And so then they become less efficient at making it. And now you have, you say so you got the step four jammed up. It's mitochondria are way less efficient. It combines for a very um, dehydrated intracellular environment. And mm-hmm. what I thought was fascinating, um, Sarah, because you know this research that I referenced from Dr. Martin Picard, he's he he studies the connection between psychological stress and oh, mitochondrial yeah. health. And oh, yeah. he showed that psychological stress alone can decrease mitochondrial efficiency by 10, 15, 20%. Mm-hmm. And so interestingly, in the, the, the quote unquote lab that Dr. Batmangalich was studying was an Iranian prison. These prisoners were under intense yes. amounts of psychological stress, meaning like, you know, that part of the mechanism of the dehydration and the increase in the histamine was from mitochondrial decrease of water production alone right there. And so I think what that what we're right now we're in is we're in it's a very big stress lab. We're experiencing tons of stress psychologically, but also from things that we wouldn't even expect expect to stress our mitochondria out, such as blue light and non-native yeah. EMFs. Exactly. Yeah. And and like I was just saying, I saw a huge increase in this in 2020. And for myself, you know, I had maybe had histamine issues as a child kind of grew out of them, was not really dealing with anything like that. And then all of a sudden in 2020, I mean, you can go on my YouTube channel. I still have a lot of videos up that I haven't taken down. I'm going to eventually 
only so many hours in a day. I just don't have the time to take down like 200 plus videos that I'm like, this is no longer relevant. And I don't want people taking this advice anymore. Um, But I went through a phase in 2020 where everything was about histamine. I'm talking about histamine, this and histamine, that and add copper and um, up your vitamin C. And here's all these other things you can do because that's what I was having to do because my histamine was just out of freaking control in 2020. Sure. But what was I doing in 2020? I I quit going out to teach yoga in the community, in the studio, which I was doing um, daily. I would be teaching four or five hours a day and that I wasn't hooked up, connected to a cell phone. I wasn't connected. I had the AirPods in my ears. That's actually how I met Kelly Bento. Um, Did she, she, was she like, was she like, dude, like she DM'd me and it pissed me off so bad. I was like, who the hell does this woman think she is? (laughs) And now you're like, oh, she really just really truly cares. I love Kelly. (laughs) Kelly is like a dear friend and I can't say enough nice things about her, but I was really mad when she (laughs) messaged me back in 2020, because I was taking all these walks and doing like walk and talk on my stories with AirPods. And she's like, you are, that is not helping your health right now. Um, and I went, I didn't want to hear it at the time. I didn't, I don't want, I didn't listen to it until I was trying to get pregnant and I was, nothing was working. And I was like, fine, I'll get rid of these stupid things, you know, but when did I start having histamine issues? When I was hooked up to my cell phone, I had the AirPods in literally, I would have those things in all day. Like I had two pairs, one would die, I put in a new pair. I'm stuck at home with my family and I'm like, I have to zone out from just being stuck at home with family and no breaks all the time. Right. Right. And I can't breathe. I can't, I couldn't even eat avocado, which I love. I just could not not even have an avocado without getting severe heart palpitations, runny nose. It was bad. Um, and so, yeah, I thought that the cure was taking um, thymus and taking kidney, which helped tremendously. It can help. Absolutely. But I really did not have a full alleviation of histamine issues until I found quantum, Um, the quantum lifestyle and circadian biology. I was still struggling with it. Even with all the supplements, I would get like relief, but it would still kind of come back and flare up if I'd have the wrong foods. Um, I still had to stick carnivore. Um, But finding the circadian life and finding quantum, all of a sudden I could eat things that normally would irritate me. I was outside mm-hmm. grounding. I was drinking lots of Quinton minerals. I was, yep. you know, because <laughs> I read that those could prevent miscarriage. And I was like, well, let me just start on these, you know, and I was, I was doing all the things, circadian rhythms, grounding outside Quinton minerals and, and got rid of the dang AirPods mm-hmm. and put my phone on airplane mode. And all of a sudden I'm like, wait a second, I can have, I can eat all these different foods and I'm not having a histamine reaction anymore. Um, didn't really tie it together. I just thought, well, I'm just, you know, didn't really tie it together until way after the fact, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, you know, and I, I think it's just becoming more and more obvious to me in clinical practice, just seeing I'm, I may be, like you said, maybe five or 10 years ago, I would have had a, a handful of histamine related people a year. Right. And now it's pretty much everyone. And, yeah. I, you know, I'd love to talk for those of you, for people who don't know what histamine is, let's talk about what yeah. histamine is, right? Histamine acts, can act as both a hormone and a neurotransmitter, and it can actually help regulate neurotransmitter release in the brain. Hence why there are some major brain-based symptoms that someone gets with um, histamine. Histamine also then is what I would call a drought 
management system that starts to increase when the body senses that there is um, dehydration. And so one of the things that the body never wants to do is change blood volume too much. It really, like the bloodstream is what I would call like, it's like, reservation land, right? The body only wants so much glucose in it. The body only wants so much insulin in it, right? The body really has a lot of different ways to maintain exactly what it wants in the bloodstream, which is why oftentimes, I mean, I've actually have a colleague who has seen in clinical practice stage four pancreatic cancer with perfect blood work, right? So in the blood is where things will oftentimes show up last because the body really wants to regulate what's in it. Mm-hmm. And so again, blood volume or the fluid in the blood is a very, very important thing to maintain. And so actually where I, where uh, Dr. Batmangalaj found that, that histamine really first works is on tightening the capillary beds to preserve the fluid in the bloodstream. But what that then does is it causes a downstream effect of dehydration in the extracellular matrix, which is where you're going to get supposed to have nutrient and waste exchange. So pictures waste can really build up there, right? If, if you, if you don't have adequate hydration Um, and then he found an extreme, and I think he found an extreme dehydration intracellularly of up to 66% hydration loss inside of the cell that I think has to do with both the fact that the water is no longer really effectively leaving the blood, bathing the the extracellular space and then going into the cell and also the mitochondria are not replenishing the water. And so that's why I think intracellularly, you get a really, really big hit in terms of hydration. And so it's, um, it's really an interesting thing to see that like you could maintain adequate blood, but then the blood volume stops. And so and in order to reverse this, this histamine alarm system that's going on in the body, you have to do twofold. I'm finding you do have to reestablish that blood volume. So people have to drink enough water, but they have to drink minerals. They have to really drink. That's why I think quinton worked so well for you. We can talk about that ice, like the isotonic or hypertonic, the quinton minerals, because that isotonic mimics exactly the blood plasma, right? Mm -hmm. The the minerals, the fluid in the blood. Um, And so we have to, you have to reestablish a healthy amount there. And then you also have to get the mitochondria making the water again. And once those happen, that histamine alarm can really slow down. So all of a sudden someone might still have symptoms, but the symptoms are going to get more and more pinpointed as opposed to, well, I have digestive pain and pain all over my body and um, migraines and brain fog. And, uh, you know, you, you know, like you, the, the, the basic, the really big constellation of seemingly disconnected systems mm-hmm. all have histamine as a common thread. And so then all of a sudden someone comes and they're like, well, I still have some right knee pain. And you're like, okay, well, let's then pinpoint what we can do to support that. And that it's just such a nicer way to support someone's body is to shut down a dehydration system and reestablish hydration so that so many symptoms can go away. Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like people want to get a supplement protocol. They want to kind of complicate this and I need to eat these foods. And like I said, that did help me to a certain extent, but it just kept coming back. And so it wasn't until I kind of went, like you said, we're doing terrain here. We're Mm -hmm. looking at the overall robustness of the body. And if you do have a dehydration element going on, you're not going to be robust and you are going to be more reactive and you are going to continue to have symptoms. If the overall system doesn't have the charge, it's all about your body holding this charge, Mm -hmm. um, so that you can 
have health, right? Exactly. Exactly. It, that's exactly it. Right. And so it is twofold. It's reestablishing the charge and the hydration and the minerals. Um, one more thing about histamine, because I kind of, I've kind of had right here in front of me, I just pulled up like the list of symptoms that I've seen associated with this. And just to give people an idea of you might have all of these mm-hmm. and you're might you might be trying to attack it as a as like a symptom by mm-hmm. symptom support and i want yeah. so i want you to really cuz it sounds too, it sounds too good to be true oh i could just hydrate my body but it, but listen to this right so there's uh, histamine receptors found in lots of different parts of the body and in the skin i oftentimes see itchiness rashes eczema in the gut abdominal pain heartburn issues with stomach acid or stomach acid imbalance h pylori issues ulcers bloating, like the food that just sits there and doesn't empty out of the stomach, diarrhea, constipation, gas. So oftentimes SIBO-y type symptoms, mm-hmm. nausea, food sensitivities, and food hyperreactive symptoms of all sorts. In the sinuses, asthma, or just that chronic post-nasal drip, um, lungs are a chronic cough, thick mucus, muscles, post-exertional fatigue and malaise, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, weakness, joints, because there's there's histamine receptors all over the body, people, pain, arthritis, inflammation, stiffness in the heart, uh, high or low blood pressure, lots of things with POTS, right, are histamine related, arrhythmias, dizziness um, in the nervous system and the nerves, chronic pain, neuropathy, prostate enlargement, PMS and PMDD symptoms. So really painful, heavy periods, a symptom burden increase at ovulation, infertility, miscarriage, and even um, something like interstitial cystitis, which is a bladder. That's what I had. Yep. That was one of the things I had. And I knew it was histamine related. That was the, like I see is no joke. No joke. That was the, that was the worst part of the histamine intolerance was the IC. And so many people struggle with that now because I joined all these Facebook groups and went deep into the, you know, research on this and nothing would fix it. Like until I worked on these principles, you know, it's exactly huge. And these are the things that people are coming to me with these symptoms. And, you know, again, I don't want to knock anyone who is a functional medicine practitioner, but I feel like the way that it's being approached is backwards. Um, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. we're just, let's take a supplement for this symptom and let's take a supplement for that symptom. And then all of a sudden you're on like 30 different supplements and you might feel a little bit better, but again, we're not supporting the terrain. We're not supporting the overall organism and that the body's ability to hold a charge. And so, Mm -hmm. You're exactly right. And I I think most functional practitioners, when they learn about circadian rhythm and like learn this aspect of hydration, it makes sense to them. But a lot of people just aren't taught these things. So they really think that they're supporting their clients and patients from a very, very foundational perspective. But it, 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 for me, it it got way more foundational than me helping someone with their gut health. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, as opposed to like the, the five R gut protocol that I was doing for people that would Eh, you know, eliminating gluten and dairy, people can notice differences, right? Going carnivore, people can mm-hmm. notice differences, but that, that wasn't the, the, the end of the foundation. I had to dig deeper and deeper. And so the foundation for me is by far light followed by this hydration, um, the strategy, you know, and then all the other mitochondrial supports that we talk about to help those mitochondria make water for us. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you want to know another one really quickly? And yeah, yeah I bet you hear this all the time. Um, 
histamine has circadian releases to it, right? So yes. you're supposed to get like a little bit of a circadian release in the morning, let's say five, six o'clock in the morning as cortisol starts to elevate yep. in order to kind of, kind of drive wakefulness. Um, we get another histamine release at around one o'clock in the afternoon and we get another one around 7 p.m., which is why I truly think like histamine-based symptoms, like, oh, the the, the brain-based, the fall. That's why sometimes in the evening, people just feel like garbage, you know, yep. because- yep. But what I'm finding is that um, I think people who have histamine issues get an early release of histamine in the middle of the night. It's my clients yes. who always say 3 a.m., right? Yep, yep, yep. exactly. 2, 3 yep. a.m., I'm up and I'm awake and I got the monkey mind and I can't go back yep. to sleep. I'm finding that to be a histamine thing too. Yep, I am too. Absolutely. And there's a lot of people that say it's the liver, it's this, that, and the other. Yeah, I'm sure there's a liver component to sure, it. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, but again what would happen if we supported these other things? And that's, mm -hmm. I think what you and I want to put out there with the podcast and all the work that we do is how can we make things simple, more accessible and less expensive for people so they can implement them and, and feel better. You know, that's exactly. Yeah. After spending like six figures on functional medicine myself and not getting the result that I wanted, I'm just kind of passionate about helping people to not have to go down that route as much as I possibly can, you know? Yep. I agree. I agree completely. And just being in clinical practice and having seen people spend so many thousands yeah, and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. They come to me with like yeah. the book of labs and I'm the like, book of labs. Yeah. They want me to look at them. I'm like, I can look at them, but it's not going to really change the, the, what we do, you know? Yeah, I agree completely on that one. Yeah. 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 I know. Um, so what do we do like in terms of hydration, yes. right? How do we support our body? And again, it's twofold. So let's break this conversation up into drinking and hydrating from what we consume versus hydrating from within with those mitochondria. Yep. Um, I have found that Quinton isotonic, and I actually have taught my clients how to make isotonic water at home. Um, because that Quinton gets to be expensive, but Quinton is beautiful. If you want to just get started with something, get started with Quinton isotonic. And um, I have clients slowly start to build up how much of that they consume first thing in the morning. So starting with 10 milliliters, because that's one ampule, um, you know, I have them by those liter bottles. So start with 10 milliliters and I'm having clients build up to 20, 30, 40, I have built up, I built myself up to, I actually started to need about a hundred to 150 milliliters myself. Mm -hmm. And I was, don't have any symptoms, but I was recognizing that I was actually experiencing chronic unintentional dehydration. Mm -hmm. And for me, it actually manifested more as, um, oh, like I got better, better, um, vaginal fluid viscosity, you know, yes, ovulation. That's a huge one for women that are in my group that are, you know, following me or a part of the group because they want to conceive and they're like, I'm not, I haven't had that, you know, the, the mucus that you need that the fertile mucus, sorry for the men who listen to the show, but it's just biology. It's part uh, of the I thing. Deal with it. <laughs> yeah. You have to have that, you know, in order to have optimal fertility. And that is hydration, you know, hydration, you can Completely. dial in, like do a Dutch test and do this hormone, this one, go for it, spend your money. But I'd rather you like Carrie saying, kind of dial it in this way first. Right. Get the fundamentals down. Yeah. Absolutely. So that yeah. was one of, that was very obvious, obvious for me as I started to experiment with this. Another one was cellulite. Like I, like anyone, I had yes. some cellulite and it's amazing. I mean, it's pretty darn under, like it's, I didn't understand that histamine dehydration connection there either. Um, 
And so, yeah, that connective tissue just feels so much more hydrated. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know, it's, it's, a, it's been a, just a surprise improvement for me. Nothing that I was expecting to see any change in with this. So those are the two that really stand out to me. I feel pretty darn good otherwise, right? You know, I don't have a heavy mm-hmm. symptom burden by any means, but other clients have noticed a change in um, like a, a lot of the POTS based symptoms, yeah, which, you know, a, a digestive ones and also the, the dizziness, the vertigo, the nausea, the low blood pressure, the arrhythmias, all of those things. It's, it's fascinating, Sarah. It's been fascinating. And so, so do you think people need to do this route because I used to do HTMAs and I don't think that they're the worst thing in the world, but before you do those, wouldn't you rather someone kind of do this route of just doing the minerals first and the water, right? So yeah. So what, what isotonic is, is it's basically diluted seawater. And Mm -hmm. we know that seawater contains 80 plus minerals, right? Yeah, exactly. And it, it, those minerals are ionized. Those minerals are charged. Those minerals are in a very well-absorbed format for our body to pull in and utilize that charge. Almost think of like the charge as a magnet that kind of draws the minerals where they need to go. And so, um, and so, yeah, I find this, that is even is foundational to people, even if they might have, uh, copper toxicity, a hidden copper toxicity, right. right? They might, right. You might at some point, but that being said, you know, why not start here. Start here because if your sodium potassium is off, all the other minerals are going to suffer. And mm-hmm. when I have people that are having a reaction to magnesium, which I do think that's one thing that is really helpful for most people sure, to supplement. I'm not a big supplement person, but that is one that I'm like, yeah, you probably need to take some magnesium. Um, I've had people that take magnesium and feel wired and crazy and they can't sleep. And I'm like, you got a sodium potassium imbalance, get on the minerals, let's fix this hydration Mm -hmm. issue first. And then you could try the magnesium. But if you're having that kind of reaction, then I always start there first. It's a lot more simple. It's a fundamental ratio to look at. That's for sure. And I, you know, just in my journey as a practitioner, I used to go though, well, let's individually supplement each. And it's just, if you can find a beautiful blend in terms of how we would have received it in nature, which we would have pulled in transdermally if we were in the ocean, right? We would have, we, yeah. we would be receiving a lot. I have just found that to be such a supportive way to, um, to hydrate the body and balance the minerals naturally mm-hmm. based on their just normal ratios that you're going to find in that isotonic seawater. And for those of you who don't know about Quinton minerals, Rene Quinton was a physician. He literally was able to draw all of the blood plasma out of animals, a dog mm-hmm. in particular, and inject in the Quinton, this isotonic mineral solution. And this dog was healthy, perfectly mm-hmm. healthy. Mm-hmm. And so it's an exact, it's it's really just giving the body and the blood in particular, all of the nourishment that it needs. There was another doctor who was maintaining, I believe, don't, I forget what type of cell culture it was. I, I, I'm just drawing a blank on it. But it was a cell culture that he had had for something like 27 years. And all he did was replace the nourishing solution, that isotonic solution that those cells were in, and the cells were living indefinitely. They they wow. had such longevity because they had all the nourishment they needed. And as long as they were getting a fresh change of the water and the minerals as they were making their waste products, 
that was all that they needed to maintain health and longevity. And so think about, if we think about us kind of in that basic sense, I'm trying to hydrate my bloodstream by giving it exactly what it needs in the form of ketone isotonic. And then I'm going to maintain hydration throughout the body as well, or throughout the day as well, because I'm Mm -hmm. in a dehydrating non-native EMF environment as much as I try to mitigate it. And so we do, we have to consume adequate amounts of water. And I'm finding a sweet spot with my clients. This is purified remineralized water, right? And so we're taking drops of a of quinton or a trace mineral, or I do sole drops and making it and putting it into like a, a liter of water. I'm finding two to three liters of water a day. And, you know, sometimes more, sometimes less, right? Depending on the size, someone's size and, and activity levels. Um, but when the body receives water with minerals, it utilizes it way better than something like distilled or RO water, which the extra water, we don't want to dilute minerals in the body. So all that extra water has to get flushed out by the kidneys. And that can only, we can only process so much in our bodies per hour of that. And so this has been a fascinating way to help to remineralize the body. And it's, like I said, it's been profound. I never thought that hydration would make such an impact on my clients. It does. Yeah. And I think the other side of it is what we already talked about, grounding, exposure to red near infrared. So cold, 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 right. Mm -hmm. Sauna, all the things that we talk about here on circadian rhythm. Yeah. Circadian rhythm, all those things tie in. Um, so you can drink all the water and do all the right things. If you don't have those other pieces in place, it's going to be a lot harder, I think for your body to kind of like do what it needs to do and watch your blue light exposure. That's a big one that, you know, Dr. Sarah, who helps me manage my community now, um, her and I are always harping on people. Like how much blue light are you actually exposing yourself to? Like, is your phone screen red? Is your computer have iris? Like, are you watching TV? Are you in a building with fluorescence overhead? Like how much blue light is actually in your environment? Because as you mentioned earlier, that prevents mitochondria from making that water at step four, that that unopposed, unfiltered blue light. And so I think that's a sneaky one for a lot of people that they are just chronically exposed to that. And they're like, yeah. why can't I get my blood sugar under control? Blood sugar is huge. Why yeah. can't I lose this weight? Why won't my hormones get in line? What is going on? I'm trying to do all the things. And I'm like, be honest about, about how much you're, you're really exposing your body to this. And so, um, and the non-native EMF too. So all of it goes together. Um, but I think that it's, again, it's empowering for people to know that they can fix these things and work on these things instead of having to go the super complicated route with all the testing. And if you want to do that, I don't want to stand in anybody's way. No, some people like that data. like the data. Yeah, exactly. I just haven't found it very useful to track really. So yeah, I haven't either. (laughs) It's like, again, I can look at all your labs, but I'm still going to tell you pretty much from what you're telling me to do a lot of the same things, you know? Yeah, exactly. And the, you know, the most useful time to run a lab, like we said, is after you have what I would consider the foundations, right? 60 to 90 days after. That's what I say. Exactly. Don't even bother until you've been doing this for 60 to 90 days. Then we can take a look. And if you want to get nerdy and kind of, tweak a few things. Cool. But until you get these foundational things down, you can expect your labs, your functional labs are going to be whacked out. Your typical labs yeah. might look fine. Uh, yeah. But if you wanted to do the functional testing, they're going to probably be whacked out until you get these things in line for 60 to 90 days. Exactly. Exactly. And, and even then there are certain functional labs that I just, I mean, like I used to do 
stool analyses. And I'm just like, that changes on a whim. Exactly. Like, exactly. Exactly. Why, yeah. why did I get you? Why did I have someone collect their poop over three days when they could have eaten, you know, Taco Bell and all it's going to be different today. Their gut's going to look different today than it did yesterday. So it's going to look different in January than it does in June. Exactly. Like it changes seasonally. It's, it's it, it, it changes over it, a 24 hour period. When did you circadian, poop? Right? Like, right. How, when did what you collect time? their poop? <laughs> There's so many factors and exactly. yeah, exactly. it's like I said, it's fun to sometimes test. And if you got money to burn, go for it. But I'd rather people not go that route, having done it myself for me and my kids. Like yeah. it's just, it hasn't really been something that's been that helpful. So yeah, Agreed. yeah, yeah. Agreed. awesome. Any recap? Are we good? I think we're good. Go outside, get some sunlight, <laughs> you know, get some Quintana isotonic water. Yep. And you know what? Okay. We're going to get comments on this. So let me, let me just like get, yeah, people are going to ask this question. Carrie said, you could make this stuff at home. How do you yes, do that? Yes. Right? We are going to get that comment. You Google how to make Sole, S-O-L-E, Sole water. And that is basically dissolving a ton of salt in water, trying to dissolve a max amount of salt in a container of water, purified water. It, take that Sole like one part sole, say one tablespoon of sole and dilute it with 19 parts or 19 tablespoons of purified water. That gets you pretty close to an isotonic solution that is that the body really absorbs well. It's not necessarily as perfect all the time as the Quinton are that there. It's a beautiful brand. I will, if you have the means and you want to, by all means, go ahead. But, um, but then what you have when you dilute one part sole to 19 parts water in, in a glass, that is isotonic water. And that is what you can then use as that morning rehydration strategy. Start like sipping more and more each morning. You might notice a bowel intolerance at some point, kind of like when you've had too much magnesium or too mm -hmm. much vitamin C. And so then just back off a little bit, but still, and then I've often found my clients who do have a lot of the histamine-based symptoms need to do it a couple of times throughout the day mm -hmm. on an empty stomach, like, you know, between meals in that afternoon slump when symptoms can really, histamine symptoms can really start oh, to- yeah reappear, yeah. um, can be very, very helpful to have it. So that's why it's nice to have a big old container of it made, you know, from something like a diluted sole water. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I was in my first trimester of pregnancy, I had the worst headaches and I would go and just chug the isotonic out of the fridge gone 20 minutes gone. So yeah. I would, that was an amazing solution. Cause I did not want to take Tylenol or any kind of you know, over-the-counter drugs or drugs at all while I was pregnant. And that isotonic was a lifesaver for me during pregnancy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm I'm excited. If you if you decide to try this out, give us give us your yeah, you know feedback know. in your comments because it's always been interesting to have my clients follow up with with like what they've noticed in, in paying attention to the isotonic and the hydration. Absolutely. Well, I guess that's it for this week. And uh we will see everyone again next week. 